This episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Audible.com. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to Audible.com forward slash Taoist, T-A-O-I-S-T. And thanks to Audible.com for supporting the show. Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. Multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, a happy life outside of the consumer culture. Moses returns with more stunning tales of wood gathering being punished by stoning and complaining by something even worse. The magic of the internet as the new patron of the arts, and we can all pitch in. A tiny monster fighter... Deadhead Dreams, River Dolphins, Frugal Major Leaguers, Energy Vampires, and Italian Fireflies. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind. For the Drunken Dows Podcast, begins now. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to episode 68 of the Drunken Dows Podcast. I can't believe how they're flying by. The years are flying by. But yet for another episode, there he is across the table from me, Mr. Daniele Bolelli. Howdy. Let's go play. Well, I guess the best place to start is with our new sponsor, Audible.com. They're supporting the show this month. And... As you know, I love books. Daniele loves books. And I must admit, I've been sort of mm, resistant to the whole idea of audible books because there's just something about the paper in hand that I've always loved. But we do live in an age where I listen to podcasts constantly, especially when I'm rolling up and down the 101 and the 405 out here in the crowded traffic of Southern California. And they've offered audible.com forward slash Taoist, T-A-O-I-S-T, a free audio book to me and to you to try out to see how you like it. So I've had a lot of interest about a new book I'd heard about called Sapiens by a guy named Yuval Noah Harari. I guess it's my turn to do some botchering right there. But uh to call it fascinating doesn't really do it justice. This really is one of those it's one of those mind-changing books. I mean, I put it up there with one of my all-time favorites, Fingerprints of the Gods by our pal Graham Hancock. I mean, this book really does sort of shatter notions and get you to rethinking, you know, what you used to think. If you like the Jared Diamond books, like Collapse or Guns, Germs, and Steel, this is right up your alley. Um, it's really amazing stuff it talks about how a small group of these crazy naked apes started out as sort of hunter gatherers and wiped out the neanderthals and worked our way up from small groups to <laughs> empires and cities of millions it's an amazing story and it's our story and it's something i think you really dig it's definitely available there that's where i downloaded mine please check it out your first is a freebie. If you decide you don't like it, you just download the first book, you try it out, you don't pay a dime. If you, you know, cancel your account before the month is up and you get to keep the book. Not a bad gig. If you actually do like it, hey, then you pay, I think it's $15 a month from there forward and you get a new one every month. 
You know, Audible has over 180,000 downloadable titles, all kinds of every, you know, fiction, nonfiction, periodicals. They got old radio shows if you want to listen to. And any of you that are doing any time, any of that windshield time, it's perfect for you. So Audible's offering you a free book. Go to audible.com forward slash Taoist. Download yourself a book, enjoy it, and hopefully you'll get another one next month and the month after that and keep on going with them. Not a bad concept right there. And now to our other friends. Brought to you by the trio or the triad or the holy trinity of some of the folks giving us freebies and other sweet things. If you guys can um, support some of our sponsors, Datsusara, Onnit and Shore Design, that would be most sweet of you. Datsusara carrying a whole range of hand products that I use daily, primarily computer bags, backpacks, uh, what the hell is the thing that I'm wearing? How do you That's call it? That's an awesome uh, hoodie. Hoodie, hoodie, thank you. Um, you know, there's a whole range of stuff that I love just about everything he produces, so I'm a big fan. And that's the thing that makes it easy with our sponsors that I use all of their, not all, every single one of their products, but I use products from every one of our sponsors because there's cool stuff, makes it easy. On it, um, from Alpha Brain uh, to, you know, you should, Alpha Brain, the beauty of it is that you can experiment. You think, ah, oh, does that shit work? Doesn't it uh, cost too much? What the hell? Try. If you don't like it, you just call them, say, ah, I didn't like it. Where's my money? I want it back. Do you have to mail them anything back? No, you don't. You just say it and that's it. So that keeps it simple. You check it out. Works for you. Great. Doesn't work for you. You lose nothing. So it's a win-win if there ever is one. Uh, all the range of uh, healthy foods that they produce and sell. All the workout gear. Lots of goodies at onnito.com. Mm, and warrior bars i dig that's another one that i eat a lot they're um, just nice yeah i had some people were complaining that they're a little more moist and i noticed that too but still delicious yeah, i don't mind i like and it and the cranberry in there is really nice too and it's real peppery if you don't like something spicy you're not going to dig it anyway yeah of course yeah they're delicious is. and bison i think that is going to be that's going to be the food of the future you know i don't usually eat Red meat, except the only kind I use is bison. Bison I dig. Better it for using uh, skinless chicken. Indeed. I love it. Uh, a sure design. And uh, right now he opened a new site too called Harem Pants. Same thing, apply to pants rather than you know, beautiful designs. He has them on t-shirts, he has them on pants, he has them on women's clothing. He has them on children clothing. Isabella has a whole range of, sh thanks to the generosity of Bennett, of uh, short design dresses that, I don't know, I, it's awesome. I really like, that's another thing in which you can run into probably 400 things he has on his website, and I like probably 397 of them, and the other three is because I was looking somewhere else and I wasn't properly paying attention for those. Well, when we take it on tour next year, we definitely need to skip by Thailand to say hello to Bennett. Well, that's one of my dream vacations, so I want to go. Uh, so thank you to these guys. If you guys want to buy any of their products, that would be sweet. Check the episode notes for discount codes uh, for you and for the link that you can order from so that we get a kickback or well, sometime, whatever that may be. Amazon link. Uh, what do we got? Amazon link, Amazon link. You guys, everybody in the freaking world shop on Amazon. If you are one of them, please Use our Amazon link. I know it's a pain in the ass. I know it takes you probably 45 seconds out of your life to click a couple of extra things. 
you need to have them not already saved in your cart otherwise the amazon doesn't uh, give us credit so you start as if it was a new purchase but you do that you don't pay an extra cent amazon help us out it's a big way to support the podcast probably the easiest thing you can do and we may be saving you from some buyer's remorse maybe you didn't need that extra copy so there, right. give you a moment to think about it. Saved you some money as well. That's how it works, right? That's what we're hoping. So hopefully you guys can help us out with any of these things. And now, uh, without further ado, let's get playing. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, it's time for Father Bellelli to church you up on some church learning so you can get yourself straightened out and live the straight and narrow with the rest of the world. EQ-approved Bible stories. I cannot seem to stay away from Moses' story. I thought I was done. Oh, boy. And it turns out I wasn't. There was more. Well, let me see. Just as a a recap, we had the trouble with Pharaoh. Yeah, sure. And, and there the was plagues of all the and the babies kids, and all that. Yeah. And then yeah. there's a crossing of the Red Seas. And then there was going to visit God on the mountaintop. Yeah. Thunder and lightning. Long meeting, apparently. And then there was idolatry worship. So you, the people you just saved. Killing of 3,000 of them with swords because they were worshiping the wrong God. Right after you came down with yeah. a set of rules that included thou shalt not kill. Of course. So there was that. And then moving around, I guess, the desert... On a horse with no name, searching for something that is never Genocidal wars where he gets really mad because he orders the killing of the entire nation they are at war against, and instead his generals are wimps who bring back as prisoners of war women and children. Yeah, because when I say everybody, I mean everybody. Yeah, precisely. And I think there was something else too, but I think, yeah, there was the story of Phineas, the glorious story of the... The stabbing of the company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glorious stuff. Well, so... Straight from the books of Isis. Take a wild guess. Could there possibly be any violence associated with the story that we're about to get into? I'm hoping that this is like, as he got into his 80s, he lightened up and enjoyed the smell of young women and, and decided to be a more gentle soul. Clearly. Cut all the throats of everybody in Masada. Well, this is actually, Moses is a, the side note in this. This is God that takes center stage in this. He's a, he's a is Moses and God again? tag team here going for it. Excellent. It is what we got. Uh, apparently, God is really put out by the fact that the many people within the Jewish tribes are whining and complaining, and where's the promised land, and you took us out of Egypt, and we don't have the promised land yet. And I'm sure they're hungry and, and thirsty you, by now. And they get to the edge of the promised land, and they see, Jesus Christ, the promised land is not empty. There are like three gazillion powerful nations, and you're telling us to go and take it, but how are we going to do it? And God at it. He's like, these damn whiners, I keep giving them stuff, I keep promising them this and this, and they have so little faith in me. You guys are pissing me off. There's a quote from the book of Numbers, which I'm going to quote for you right now, where the Lord said to Moses, how long will these people treat me with contempt? 
How long will they refuse to believe in me, in spite of all the signs I have performed among them? I will strike them down with a plague and destroy them, but I will make you into a greater nation, greater and stronger than they. Meaning, he's telling Moses, I'll save you, because I like you, you're cool. And, you know, we'll start a new nation from you, but I'm going to kill all these other motherfuckers because I've had it with their whining. You know, I don't want to listen to them anymore. And, you know, in this case, it's kind of funny, by the way, because there's God is like, why don't they recognize me after all I've done for them? They are all... So there's that. These not words, motherfucker, is where I'd go. And, you know, how about... Moses has got to have a few friends he made along the way. Like, look, I've been dragging these, what, 30 years yeah, through the desert? Maybe he's willing. God may be speaking metaphorically. He's extending right, it to like Moses that. and a few friends. But basically, and Moses, again, as he has done at the top of Mount Sinai, is convincing God. He's like, come on, God, don't do that. That's just a little. There are better ways to deal with your anger. Uh, we can take care of it, but we don't have to go that far. He's the only one trying to argue. I guess Job tried to argue, too, and look when it got him. So there are a few cases where already the, uh, under Moses' command, the tribes have been dealt with swift justice. There was a glorious one where on a day when they were wandering the wilderness, a man decided to go out and gather some firewood, which in itself, nothing wrong with that except he does do on the sabbath which you're not supposed to do anything so some people grab him they bring him to moses and Aaron and the whole assembly and they say you know what are we to do with him you know what's the deal and the lord said to moses smite him no he'll say forgive him you must understand him his family was called come on that's what the Jesus what's the big deal let one slide is no, that what the lord no. says and I think you're correct, because the man says the first four words are highly instructive, because the Lord say, the man must die, and the whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So they all grab him, take him outside the camp, and stone him to death. In, uh, you know, there was no video back then, otherwise it could be a cool ISIS video. That would show you people, but, that's what you get for working. Yeah, so there was that, uh, don't work on the Sabbath. And then there was the fact that, again, God is pretty mad about all the non-stop whining that these guys are having. So he decides to take matters in his own hands at some point. And, you know, there are these guys in particular. um, There were some people who were questioning Moses' leadership. And they were quite, they're like, hey, you know, you're putting yourself up as our boss who the hell elected you. And some of the tribal elders are complaining that Moses is just getting a little too bossier. So they, God tells Moses, call them up, call them here and we shall deal with them. You know, let's, let's see what's going on. So the, the story goes that two of those guys decide, we don't want to come. Screw you, Moses. We're not showing up. We're not your servants. You don't get to order us around. So the warning that from God through Moses comes is everybody stand away from their tent. You know, let's go look and everybody stay away from these guys. And the next thing that happens is that these people come out of the tent saying, hey, what the hell is going on? They have their wives, their children, everybody, all the whole family is gathered saying, hey, why, why are you guys all running away from us and he's like because oh, god said something really bad is gonna happen here and he's like drone strike what do you mean basically that's the divine drone strike in which then moses said this is how you will know that the lord has sent me to do all these things and it was not my idea in other words i'm not being bossy because i choose to it's what the lord says 
if this man die a natural death and suffer the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something totally new and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them with everything that belongs to them and they will go down alive into the realm of the dead, then you will know that these men have treated the Lord with contempt. As soon as he finished saying all this, the ground under them split apart, the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their household and all their children, possession and the whole deal. So that was that. Let that teach you a lesson. Yeah. Anybody else want to question Moses' leadership by any chance? I'm just wondering if we could not have corn dogs every afternoon. Could we switch it to... Apparently there are some who do still question it. It's not a question. It's just a suggestion, Moses. Yeah. We've been eating corn dogs for 23 <laughs> years, and they're not kosher even. Yeah, so some, what, some of these what? guys are like still mad with Moses, and I guess he's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm all for I understand questioning, but this is... So God feels that these guys don't understand. I need to make a bigger point. So he strikes them with a plague, killing almost 15,000 of them. And that take care of the complaints for a while. How can there be any left? I know. There's over There's and over again. 30,000 here, 15,000 here. 20. Now, I heard the numbers like 9 million. Mm -hmm. But there's not like one dried turd in all the desert to find. Yeah, it's rather curious, this whole thing. In any case. And when so, they get hungry... If you were wondering when the Moses story is about to get sweet and lovely, wonder some more, because it was not in this particular episode Bible time. So there you go. I just like it because Batman was Moses, so I always said, yeah. Why aren't you listening? God told you what to do. Let the girl go. The man must die. Because it could have been 80s Moses, Batman, and that would have been more like, let the girl go. <laughs> Right. <laughs> or 60s. <laughs> hey, chum. Yeah. Quickly, put your scampery little robin butt back in the motor. Let's go. Bow, bow. Ranting time. It is indeed. Let's let's actually non rant. Let's be this is a happy celebration of life. Ooh. Um this is something that I wrote. In my defense, before you guys judge, in my defense I was quite drunk. Uh oh. So I I did send it to uh, I, I sent it to Joe Rogan and Joe replied uh, by email to my message like man if your defense was being drunk I'm surprised, after reading what you wrote, I'm surprised you didn't die of alcohol poisoning. I'm like, Jesus, that much? But apparently, yeah, he thought he was a little over the line in some ways, which makes it automatically good and interesting. Dear who? Who's at the top of this letter? So there is no, well, it's an... Open letter to the universe. It's an open letter to boobs. It's an oh. ode to boobs. So please, <sighs> let's go. Yes. Indeed. Let's Close go to the poetry, to uh. the wonderful roundness of boobs. Here we go. Round moons of, of my life, how I owl in your honor. Round like the Tao, round like life. I'm certain Lao Tzu, 
learned all he needed to know about the patterns of yin and yang by staring at the hypnotic rhythm of your gravitational bouncing. The secret of life hides somewhere in the canyon of your cleavage. Boobs, antidotes to pain and tragedy, living proofs that the universe is good after all. Holy temples calling me to worship the gods of tits and wine. Happiness secret headquarters. White, brown, black, red, I bow to you in all of your shades. Fleshy joy clouds where savage miniature elves retire to sleep. Spherical goddesses blessing the eyes of the lucky ones who catch a vision of your beauty. Heroes in a battle against the armies of gravity. Sacred mountains challenging the flatness of the horizon. I yearn for nothing in this world but to lick Nutella away from every inch of you and drink wine dripping off your glorious nipples. There you have it. Drunkenness is no excuse. That was just that was just from the heart. Yeah, indeed. Is uh <sighs> what else can you say? Well, you can say lots. You could go on for hours. The, that awesome moment when that, that last clasp is undone and they're set free for the first time and you get to see, wow, they didn't actually hit her knees. You know, things like that. Those amazing moments. Yeah, because the battle against gravity is obviously the long defeat because, you know, eventually everybody loses that battle. But it's a glorious battle for it as is. long as it's last is as, uh, you know, it's, it's beautiful. So I'm Laid back. Who could ever know anyway? So yes, I'm a huge, huge fan. Those of you lovely ladies who carry, regardless of the weight, clearly the more weight, the heavier the effort involved. Please do know that your efforts are deeply appreciated. That my you have my undying gratitude for carrying them. It's you're doing the God's, you know, you're doing the Lord's work really here, and um, I cannot thank you enough for making the universe a better place. You know, it's funny. I, people are all the time like, you know, oh, tits. So blasé. I don't think they're ever going out of style. I think I think uh, they're going to remain popular for at least a, a few more weeks. I get a feeling you may be right. There's a... And, I, you know, I have been misguided. I missed the rap thing. You know, I've made mistakes before. But as far as sweet titties... I think they're going to be around for a little while longer. I think you may be right. Now, is there so. a secondary ode coming? Because with titties, usually comes a scrumptious ass. And as great as that is, I was not poetically inspired. So Maybe I just was, not yet, uh, though. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not ruling things out. Drunken poetry is always good, so it's uh, we'll see how that plays out in the future. But for now... And also as much as uh, awesome asses are a sight to behold. You're and, a tit, man. I hear it. Yeah, there's something there about... Oh, so on that note. What I, I, and, and to the 13%, ladies, this is no disparaging at all. Titties no, are far awesome. From it. Are you it's kidding me? It's the exact opposite. And you're lucky to have them, I think. Yeah. And I know there's probably bad backs and pains and bras and things like that. But thank you for carrying that load. I'm with you now. 100%. Good Lord. What would we do without them? I know. I've said a thousand times, if it wasn't for titties, we wouldn't have crawled out of the caves. We would, Og would just still be, make fire on rock and have Brontosaurus burger. And <laughs> Brontosaurus, actually, I wouldn't mind to try that. Brontosaurus burger, that's the way to go. I, There'd I, be nothing to go out I've for. I've got to talk to Aubrey to see if we can bring it into uh, among the only offerings. Brontosaurus burger, I would, 
I'll I'm try sure that. There's still a few down there hanging out. A brontosaurus. Bug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what else. I want. I'll. <laughs> that's the next. If only it doesn't get that done, I'll be very sad. So. And you didn't even get into the, the, the incredible motions and swayings that just make sex hotter when they're bouncing appropriately. Well, I was going with gravitational bouncing, yeah, regardless of no, where that in what context too. that may be. But yes. Okay, after talking about booze, everything goes downhill from here. Cause, Where you know, are you going to go? We, we just hit the highlight of human existence, and now anything mm. else we're going to say is just bullshit. But we'll try to make it slightly less bullshit. But again, it's an inevitable letdown after boobs. Oh, boobs. Boobs, boobs beautiful boobs. What's, uh, what's, what's some nice Italian uh, words for boobs? Uh, typically stette. That's that sounds pretty typical. familiar. Yeah, you know, close enough. This That's, has been your learn Italian moment. Yeah. Tette. indeed. The, oh, God. Yes, sorry. Again, I keep getting distracted here. I mean, So what's to, the first shirt you took off? Uh, oh, oh, God. Well, you're not really helping me. I was trying to actually continue with the well, episode going in think, other you know? directions. Is I'm picturing just about every bra I've ever unhooked in my life. And Don't uh, forget any of them, do the, you? No, not at all. I've been a particularly fond of uh, following and hooking off the bra, following whatever f- happens after that. Usually my next moments will involve me walking somewhere around with a bra on top of my head. As, uh, as kind of a, in, in the create your own religion moment thing, is like, you know how you know Orthodox Jews will wear the... Yarmulke? Uh, yeah, and uh, in my personal religion i think it's like there's the wearing of the bra on top of your head to celebrate the joy that has taken place when you unhooked it and you have to just parade around with it i think that's my ornamental costume will that be before or after the smoking of the ceremonial spleef i'm i leave that open i leave yeah, I that open be before to probably and after yeah that's i think your answer is the best so with two cups left yeah. cup for before and then and now we will switch to the right cup that seems appropriate. And then go have wine. Now, one thing that, going in a completely different direction, real quick, something that I was thinking about, that, um, you know, in the old days, like you look at ancient Rome, ancient Greeks, ancient whatever the fuck, there were the, um, the patrons of the art, the, the big shot where a ton of money left and right, and they would freely donate and support essentially you know pay for poets for artists you know and this happened through the renaissance way back in ancient rome you know it's kind of like the cool thing if you have a bunch of money you get cool points by hey uh, look at the artists that i support and incidentally some of these guys because of that had the time and energy to create some amazing masterpieces throughout world history so anything from uh, i mean i think about some of my from ancient, you know, Virgil with the Enid, you know, the epic poems beside the Iliad and the Odyssey, uh, from, you know, poets like Catullus back in ancient Rome, from writers like Ludovico Ariosto in the 1400s who composed this amazing epic poem, the Orlando Furioso, that is brilliant, or from most of the, you know, Leonardo, Caravaggio, you name it, so many people who made revolutionize human culture uh thanks to the patronage of some rich folks who donated their way you know donated money their way and kept them going like the national endowment for the arts and the uh bible in tank of piss just like that the it's happening today 
the, the thing about today, that's what was interesting to me, is that back in the day, the, you had to be the super rich patron who was paying for, you know, as in paying, in some cases, the materials, if it's about big monumental art, in some cases, just the livelihood of people. And so you have one guy who just has uh, three, four, five, six amazing artists who's paying for all of their expenses. You need to be so low that in some way was a show, was a way to show how loaded of money you were. Is like look at all the artists I can support, you know. At the same time, today one of the things that's interesting is that modern technology allows every single person, regardless of how much money you may or may not have, to be the patron of the artists that you dig. Whether they are music, you know, whether they are musicians, whether they are uh, in any field, including health, all of most of podcasting is based on donation, right? The whole product is free and is, and you know, because unlike the past where one guy would support people 100%, you can have a gazillion people who will donate $1 to somebody they like. So to me, that's why even like the solution to all the studios freak out about music piracy and all of that because it's cutting them off. But to me, it's like, if uh, the musician has on his website, hey, this is the song I came up with, and I dig the musician, and I know that me donating those, or spending those $2 to download that song, a dollar and 85 goes back to the musician. Yep. I'll do it every single time. I know when uh, Radiohead did their experiment, I guess it's like 10 years ago yeah. now, but they put it on the internet, and I think they ended up, just pay what you like, pay what you think it's worth, and certainly tons of people didn't pay anything. Yep. But when it was all said and done, they got like six eighty a, a, a record, yep. which was way more than they ever got from the record company. Absolutely. Like to get a dollar a copy as the band. Absolutely. And that's what I love, that it's uh, it doesn't require people anymore to be super rich to do it, because yep. nobody's asking you to support them forever and ever as one person. What people are asking is enough people to donate $2 to this guy, $1 to that guy, $5 to this one. Yep. Oh, my God, I love this one. I'm going to splurge. I'm going to spend $50 on this one. And you do that with the 5, 10, 20 things that really help your life in one way or another, whether it's... Uh, any form of art that you dig, that you consume, you are essentially providing fuel to the artistic fire of the people who create content that you dig. I love the fact that it can be done that way today. And um, I don't know, I'm pumped up. So this is not, by the way, a plug to tell you guys, hey, donate to us, even though we're not opposed to such things. But it's more of a general reflection about this, the fact that I really dig that today becomes possible in a way that really what in the past was open only to the super rich. Today, most anybody with a PayPal account can do it uh, to whatever thing they are comfortable to, whether it's a few bucks or whether it's hundreds of dollars or thousands. That's up to you. That's what you got and what you feel that you're able to. But I love the concept that it's possible to do it. Now, this would have been a great rant topic except that we started with boobs and so this is inevitably i feel like yeah that was interesting can we talk about boobs again now well we certainly can but i just want i can't agree with you more i mean it is an exciting moment where that you can kind of spread it around a little bit the whole crowdsourcing sort of thing is a fantastic moment and one of the pluses to the internet indeed it's either going to save us or destroy us one or the other i like the first option if i'm given a choice yeah, boobs for sure. And save.
She's a strange little creature, I tell you that much. They're fantastic, aren't they? She's awesome. Today she told me the sweetest thing in the world. I was, uh, uh, she was like, can you pick me up? I'm like, I picked her up. She said, every time I think something bad, once you pick me up in your arms, it goes away. I was like, okay, that's a win right there. It doesn't get much better than that. So Once again, since we're, we're talking from the past and the future, um, the NBA finals are rolling up. And Emily is all kinds of a Golden State Warriors fan right now. And I, since the beginning of the season, really want to see LeBron bring one home for Cleveland. So there's... there's that creates there's, some there's home creating tension. Creating some, some tension, which is going to be fun to watch, but... By the time this is out, you guys will know what actually happened. It'll whether, all be over, so we'll see how it goes, you know. Which one of them is crying. Oh, she was getting threatening, man. She was talking about wearing a Giants hat. Man, that's that's gonna, fighting words right there. That's the become stuff gig, huh? You lost all your LA privileges. <laughs> she can't come home anymore. No, you know you're gonna go that far. That shit. That's you know, not gonna fly. Once yeah. you get sort of San Luis, you just leave that shit there. That's where it ends. All right, moving on. Isabella, it's we got we got we got we got we got. This was pretty hilarious. I was um, we're watching cartoons, and um, while as we're watching cartoons, like this kind of scary monster pop up. And uh, he's like a little freaked out because the monster look all scary and weird and stuff. And the, the awesome part about some of the stuff she comes out with is that she said them without even the tiniest trace of irony, which make the whole discussion way funnier than it would be. So in one case, like she, after seeing this freaky monster, she goes like, if this was in real life, I would poke him in his eyeballs and kick him in the head. Pause, 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 dot, dot, dot after I'm done crying. And I thought he was brilliant, you know, because she had this fighting, but then she was real. She's like, yeah, that's going to scare the shit out of me. I'm going to cry for three minutes, but then I'm going to fight him. You know, it's like, you can't teach delivery, man. Just keep that up. She got it. Yeah, that was great. And uh, on um, a funnier one was just um, a couple of days ago, I took her to, um, we went to buy ice cream. We were there and she was awesome right there. She was having a great day. Like she see, there was a two-year-old kid, and she started playing with her. The kid was really shy, and Isabella just drew her out of her shell. And the mom of this kid was like, I can't believe it. She never played like this with anybody. It was awesome, right? She was sweet. She was nice. She was playful. We get out of the ice cream place. She's on her pink bike, and we go down the block. And in a space of a couple of blocks, she says, uh, everyone she sees, she's like, hi, and give them a big smile. And... And it become like a scene straight out of the cheesiest inspirational video you can see where you smile see, ripples are bouncing exactly. across the countryside. The whole block start changing color as people suddenly go from this gray, uh, fuck my life to this, ah, oh, cute little kid. And they all give big giant smile and the sweet, adorable. There's this let's spread love kind of mood. And then she comes to this guy who clearly has a bad vibe about him. And uh, she's like, hi. And he just doesn't respond. And she's like, hi. And he looks at her and just doesn't say a word, right? So she's like, yeah. you know, shrug her shoulder and just keep going on her bike. And we go like 10 feet later or 20 feet later. She Unicorn blast. No, not even. She just, she doesn't even bother with him anymore. She just turned to me and she's like, what a freaking bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I love that uh, both sides can be there, right? There can be this sweet, like, I'll spread love to everyone and all of that. And then, like, what a freaking bitch. One of the greatest things I ever said is, you know, smile. People are wondering what you've been up to. Yeah. No, and it was 
honestly, I mean, besides, I wanted to get the word of Freaky Bitch because that's the funny part. Yeah. But the early part of seeing her, the effect that she was having, that probably on like 30 to 40 people she interacted with in those two blocks, seeing the effect that it had on her, on these people's faces was awesome. It was just, uh, this gets even better because today she was talking on Skype with my dad. And my dad was like, heard the story and he was laughing about it. And he was like, oh man, if I see that guy, I'm going to punch him. And Isabella just lectured him. She's like, why would you do that? You know, he's, uh, maybe he was just having a bad day. Or maybe he just saved the baby and he was tired. Or maybe he's just not a nice person. But why would you have to use violence? That would just make things worse. This from Katana herself? Exactly. We watch Conan the Barbarian and he's all about, I'll kick you in the head. So I love that about her. The fact that both sides... She can play yin yang very much and she's comfortable going in one direction. She's comfortable going in the exact opposite direction and she can be all freaking kill you and be sweet, peace and love all in the same. And somehow it fits. It works. So my dad got completely schooled by her today. She just lectured <laughs> him and put him in his place. How much does he love the Skype ability? Yeah, that's great. That's great. I mean, and then that be able to reach out and see, that's George Jetson fanciness. It is. I mean, it's the kind of thing that I remember as a kid thinking, like, can you imagine if you could actually talk to somebody and see each other? What a concept. And, you know, it's the world we live in now. So. I can't believe that there's not already face-recognizing avatars that you can put in place of your old sleepy-ass hungover self. Jane Jetson used to have one of those. She'd pop the, the telephone mask on real quick, all made up, ready to go. That may not be far off. I think you have a business idea that's worth exploring. I don't exploring. Want Let somebody else do that one, Yeah, he said. <laughs> It's just like the, the Twitter commercial. 144 characters. I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm that pass. doesn't quite do it. It's never going to work. Yeah, exactly. Clearly, that's not Just like that rap out. music is never going to catch on. Clearly. So, finger on the pulse, baby. Indeed. Girls are hard to raise. They're challenging. And they're the most fantastic of creatures. And isn't it great to have a baby one to take care of? Mm-hmm. I saw. Did you see the baby baby yeah, one? I saw. That's, Seven uh, weeks? At the studio where we're recording uh, right across, uh, just about 12 feet on the other side of the wall, there was this tiny, cute little baby. Sound very peaceful and adorable. Yeah, I know, not a Chang baby. No, I know. Isabella wasn't like that when she was born, I tell you that much. She was a bit more, you know. Feisty just, is good. Yeah. She had this thing where she would make this sweet, soft for her mom. She would like, when she turned to her, she would be like, uh, 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 she had this very mellow, mournful cry, and then she would turn to me and go like, "Ah!" And I'd be like, "What the fuck? <laughs> what did I do?" You yeah, know, what's that all about? It's, yeah, it was pretty funny how she differentiated. It's funny that um, during the pregnancy with Emily, there was no question that it was a girl. My wife knew the whole time. Really? Yeah. Without having no well, ultrasound. Yeah. Well, just... it was a horrific morning sickness. Oh, which I've heard that the. The little girls are rough around the mamas. Really? Yeah. No, that did not happen with his. Blah. Yeah. But I guess it happens often enough that it's popular wisdom. There you go. More the country uh, wisdom for you. To, if you take a ring and tie it over the belly, if it goes in a circle, it's a boy. And if it goes back and forth, it's a girl. And if it makes a little curly cue, it's Bruce Jenner. Damn redneck. <laughs> I have a dream today. And now we cross the Ethereum plane for a visit into Bellelli's dream time. It is dream. Dream time. Dream time. Dream. 
Dream, dream, dream. I like the hand motion that you guys are missing out on. Is like I, we really should. We would have such a following if this yeah, was video. Of course, I like to tease them. The um, I know, man. That was the original plan, right? To do it as a video podcast too. And I uh, still have them. Yeah, it's rough though. It takes so much more work. In any case, let's go dreaming away. Um, I had a quick one. Interesting, sort of weird. Interesting, purely in a. It's not something I would ever think rationally. So this was really just like deep dream where there's nothing to do with. It's just a flash. It's a quick moment. Is uh, I'm playing frisbee with somebody, which I haven't done in a million years, and it's not exactly the thing I would normally dream of. And as it always happens when you're tossing a frisbee around, the frisbee kind of flies a little further than anybody can reach, and he lands square in the middle of this Amazonian river, which I guess is where we are next to. I didn't know that at the moment, but I realized, okay, off in the Amazonian river I go. There's nothing scary. There's nothing weird. You know, you picture anacondas. Piranhas is where I go. Piranhas, the whole thing. There's no such thing. My subconscious is apparently in a happy, mellow place during this dream. So I go into the river. I don't get eaten by any of the scary creatures. Rather, what I do see is that I do look and I can... The water is not super clear, but clear enough that I can kind of see. And I see this um, river dolphin swimming in it. And it's passing right close to where I'm coming to pick up this frisbee that I've tossed in there. And as the dolphin passes, I'm like, oh, look at that. How beautiful. And I just stick my hand out and kind of wrap the dolphin fin as it passes by. And um, that's it end of the dream so no big story no you know dramatic event there's no sequence of events it's just really just a one moment thing that felt i don't know kind of made me happy i woke up like oh that was a cool one um it felt like straight from the subconscious there was no my own regular daily awake self wasn't really much part of this dream and i enjoyed it i think that's kind of a fun one though that's kind of the best ones the ones where you wish if only I could just slip back into that for a minute, it would be awesome. Yeah, I even you're right. There is that feeling, but I also enjoyed just purely in and of itself. I was like, I, that felt good. That's because I you, my friend, to... have learned to live in the moment. Indeed. So saying hi to dolphins swimming in Amazonian rivers, that's, uh, I think it may even be biologically correct. I'm not entirely sure because obviously dolphins are ocean creatures, but I do believe no, there, there are, are river, river dolphins. dolphins. Cool. So Actually, it out. turns out there's river sharks too. I saw that recently yeah, all the way up in Tennessee. I saw that. That shark swimming around. shit. That was freaky. I've, I remain mixed on sharks because obviously no, Peter Bentley, well, no. no they will chomp you and eat you, and, yeah. and 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 the whole Jaws movie terrified everybody. But at the same time, you know, as crazy as we are to to wander fifty yards into what is the wild jungle, mm-hmm. except the water one, that's madness anyway. So we kind of deserve it. But the amount of damage we do to sharks before uh, compared to them, I think, yeah. like twelve surfers get chomped a year. But we kill a hundred million sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. I still don't like them. But no, and I don't but... want to get bit by one either. But we were actually kind of, we were out looking at houses um, in Ventura. It kind of has like Venice sort of uh, channels. Mm-hmm. So if you are a super rich one percenter, you can have a nice yacht behind your house, nice, and drop yourself off there. So we were looking at an empty lot because that's all we could afford. Put a tent there right. and piss them off was kind of what I had in mind. But it had you know the little uh, pier there. Yeah. And there was like a little two foot, probably a thresher shark, but it was a baby. Really? He was just swimming along in the rocks and messing with crabs and just having his day. And 
to me, like, this shark was an awesome little cat, and I didn't want anything to happen to him. No, yeah. As long as you, yeah, I guess he's the biting part that I'm not Yeah, the biting of, part sucks, no. but we're the ones throwing the oil in there, which yeah. has me totally pissed off. That's but right do next tell to my me, house. there oh, was, yeah. uh, you were on a roll before we started recording about a Grateful Dead dream. Yeah, yeah, tell. well, we we'd watched, um, there's a great Grateful Dead journey, uh, what's it? Fiddlesh? It's Phil, not Phil, it's Bob Weir. Yeah. Bob Weir. Bob Weir, yeah. There's a there's a great new movie out by uh, about Bob Weir called The Other One because mm-hmm. he sort of was like the forgotten cat. And I actually learned much younger than Jerry was when they started The Dead together at the same mm-hmm. time. He was only 16 wow. when all this shit was going down. <laughs> and these guys were the geniuses. It was Ken Kesney came over to uh, have his electric Kool Aid parties. They were the first to notice there's no uh, there's no music in here, man. Where all these people are let's laying around it, trying right. to, let's fix it. So they started playing and off it went. And just talk about a choice that. Pretty much set his life in motion. Wow. But he said Jerry had problems with uh, substances through his life. Yeah. And he always had trouble shaking it. And the thing that was really kind of bringing Jerry down is that he was such the kind of figurehead of this whole dead mm-hmm. nation, you know, the guru as it was. The pressure was so much. And he was such an iconic looking person that he could never be by himself. Mm-hmm. He couldn't walk the streets anymore. And Phil said, you know, even he could kind of get away with it with a baseball hat and yeah. sneak out the door. And the night Jerry died, he had a dream that he was looking for Jerry because he had found invisibility paint. And they could paint themselves up and go out into the streets. Right. And apparently, I wish I remember exactly what he said, but Jerry said something like, I've already found another way, brother. And the dream. Wow. And that was it. Wow. And that was the night Jerry died. It was pretty heavy. And he had another dream in there. About the guy who was the driver of Ken Kesey's bus was yeah. this crazy cowboy Charlie or something. But he could eat all the acid in the world, but somehow keep that bus 55 right. miles an hour through the craziest traffic and would never wreck and always deliver him on time. Um, he had a dream about that guy the night he died, and he helped him write the song about him in his dream. Wow. And it reminded me of our ayahuasca talks about where people meet inside the processor inside the uh, the ether uh-huh and these guys weren't doing battle they're actually writing the song together that's not a bad gig yeah i love that those are powerful dreams great and a great documentary and i don't think you even need to be a fan to dig it out i mean just so yeah it was so expansive and so much went down and it was interesting to see it from the inside view of yeah it was fun but it wasn't always fun no of course especially for garcia having to kind of carry it all on his shoulders to some degree but um yeah, and I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, if you, any anybody who's uh, even remotely interested in psychedelics or even just smoking weed, uh, and I'm going to go on a wild limb and say that there are at least five listeners among our listenerships who are into such things, I would say you could do worse things than have a Grateful Dead playing in the background. Dark Star, man, that's all I got to say. It's one of the best. No, and it's funny. This is from the future as well. So I wonder how the shows are going to go or have gone. Yeah. Because it'll be like a month later now or even more than that. Yeah, because we're pre-recording as with most of our summer episodes. I'm sure glad we all had such a good time up there in San Francisco or Santa Clara. I hope you will. I hope you did uh, in this space continuum, whatever that may be. So I hope you have a good one. As long as you stay away from that Aubrey Ayahuasca, you'll come back. Which Ayahuasca? The Aubrey. The name-changing Oh, I see, I see, I see, because uh, you're afraid of uh, that kind of psychedelic experience. You seem pretty heavy. Yeah, well, Come everybody on. comes back. I mean, the one we have interacted with seem pretty happy, so yeah. maybe not. Maybe 
maybe there's something good in it and i don't mean there's something good in it maybe there's something good in it for you because who the fuck cares if there's something good in it for some other people <laughs> it's about whether it works for you or not because i but, think it'll be a while but on that note that was a cool good dream time let's jump into something else It's story time, everybody. Brought to you by friends at Sure Design T-shirts. I'd like to let you know, happy nipples for Happy Planet with their incredibly soft, luxurious shirts that will keep your chest happy, male or female. Indeed. Oh, now I can't do story time because I have a picture of happy female nipples and I'm just too distracted to continue. Well, and it is distracting, too, because talk about models and, 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 and makes and just... The beauty of all it all. wonderful. The beauty of it all. Now, to be perfectly honest, today's story time is not much of a story. In the sense that there's no beginning, middle, and end. It doesn't follow a structure. There's no... It's more of a concept that's kind of cool that I will uh, bring up with two different examples. One that I thought was interesting is um, this one guy. He's... Um, 21-year-old kid, uh, Daniel Norris, pro uh, baseball player, um, signed with the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, you're a 21-year-old and you sign, you get a 2 million signing bonus from a pro team. I would say your life is going well, and the odds are, you know, what is the typical... 21 year old going to do with a 2 million signing bonus you can expect you know basically all of that and you know all the excesses of the stupid gold watches and blowing it in the whole mm, what you would expect right and what everybody's puzzled about and everybody's like what the fuck is going on with this guy is that he lives the most spartan life he he travels around in his uh, 1978 uh, Volkswagen v- camper van which I thought what the fuck I mean you know anybody else has bought themselves the latest model car with fancy whatever fuck he just perfectly happy traveling in his old van going camping living out of a tent most of the time when he's not in training you know spending the summer traveling around and his story has become uh, kind of emblematic because he challenges social norms so much. You know, everybody will buy the mega home with the giant pool for orgies and the whole thing, which nothing that I have against, but, you know, it's the, uh, I've made it. It's now time for consumer culture to the 10th power. Let me indulge and live my fantasy before I blow all my money. Nor is it not necessarily that he's thinking about I want to save the money. It's not about that. It's that he's very much digging and enjoying this minimalistic lifestyle because he digs it. He's like, I'm as free as I can get. I travel in my camper. I park it right in front of the ocean. I cook myself a meal right there with ocean view. Check out the beach. Hang out with the seagulls going wah, wah, wah in the background. What else, the hell else do I want? You know, this is very... It has a very... Thoreau's Walden vibe to it except you don't have to go off into the wilderness away from everything you're just enjoying a life that's not you don't become ruled by your possessions you enjoy what you got without having the this almost visceral need to consume, consume, consume no, he's the opposite and he's sitting there 
feeling that interest rate just pound away day after day. Just. And I'm sure that doesn't hurt, you know, no, knowing that, that that's right there, absolutely. But it's not in any need or hurry to spend, 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 consume. Now, there's something, again, I'm not saying that that's what everybody should do. You know, you want to enjoy your money and spend like a motherfucker, do it, if that's what you're about. But I am interested in this idea of voluntary simplicity. Not because anybody's putting a gun to your head. And not simplicity because you're denying yourself. The dude gets to open his eyes and first thing in the morning be in front of some of the best views ever because he travels to all sorts of cool places and enjoy this sort of, minim again, minimalistic. Is it minimalistic to be able to travel no, to amazing really places and enjoy? So it's like it's not, it's minimalistic in the sense that he's not spending a shitload of money. But he's really not that minimalistic in terms of quality of life. He's not denying himself a whole lot. No, he's not sitting in front of the TV every night. He's out meeting people and, and exploring the world and being a part of everything. That's quite awesome. So I really dug this. And, you know, he's not preaching to anybody. He's not telling, do this, because that's the way too. But uh, that's a cool story. That's a really cool story right there, and I dug it. And similarly, you know, another guy who had a similar tale to you know, to this, in uh, the former president of uh, Uruguay, a guy by the name of Jose Mujica, he's uh, renowned because he gave, uh, you know, whatever salary the president had in Uruguay, he refused to cash 90% of it. He took like 10% to live on something like, the equivalent, I forget, I may be going out on a limb, but something in the neighborhood of he'll live on like 2,000 bucks a month or less and um, and just give back most of the salary because he was like, I don't need it. He lived on this like two-bedroom farm and on the outskirts of town in a place where he would look like not quite the kind of presidential palace, uh, you know, limos and Rolls Royce, you know. He's another guy, I guess Volkswagen are particularly popular about people, among people who don't want to spend because he's another guy who had his own transport as his old beat up Volkswagen. He's, uh, you know, they say the value of the car was about $1,800 and that was the entire, you know, it's like, I don't know, the guy is like pretty, pretty fun. Like at one point somebody, they, they offered him a million bucks for the car because he was like the symbol of this guy. And he's like, no, oh, fuck that. No, I'm not. You know, this is again another case of some dude who's just happy with little, which is so flying in the face of um, consumer culture. That's interesting to consider. And again, I'm not the guy who's preaching against the evils of consumer culture, because if tomorrow you guys want to hand me all your money and just I'll happily dive in my Hawaiian villa with 17 pools and I have nothing against enjoying life or money is evil. And that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is it's interesting to conceive of life, if nothing else has other possibilities, to have this option of uh, uh, bringing it back down to a minimum and still find a way to enjoy it. So to kind of to show you that once you have certain minimum things guaranteed, you have a roof over your head, you have food on the table, you're not starving, you have medical care, you have a means of transportation, you have, you know, once you have all those needs met, how much does quality of life, happiness changes from that point above? You know, if it's below that, yeah, it changes. You know, if you don't have fucking food, you're not going to be happy for very long. Or if you spend all your time you, worrying about getting your bills covered. Yeah, exactly. You're your not going to be... All day, you're running and running and running and you never catch up. Precisely. So it's not to say that money has nothing to do with 
you need a certain minimum or you're gonna feel like you're in a shitty place. But once you hit that level, then does it really change things that much? And I don't know, that's a question that I have in my head a lot because I swing between extremes. Sometimes I'm very minimalistic and I don't need it. I'm very generous and sometimes I turn into... Where's the polo ponies? That's my damn dime. Give it back to me, motherfucker. <laughs> you all, you know, and it's like, so I do swing back and forth. I understand both. I'm not passing moral judgment either way. I just... I figure it was interesting to bring it up as examples of uh, priorities that are a bit different from the ones we are normally used to. Now, the President of the Uruguay case is cool and it's interesting. I dig even more the one about, you know, a 21-year-old kid who signed with a professional baseball team, which is, you know, the ultimate consumer dream for most people of what you could do with that opportunity and the guy who chooses to go a completely different route. So, I don't know. Well, he's probably just taking his time because before you know it, like REI or somebody will sponsor him as their camping gear guy, and he'll be set for good. He can camp. I don't know. What a great choice. When I get my baseball contract, I'll try to do the same thing. Yeah, 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 indeed. So let me know how that pans out. And again, if you guys decide to go for voluntary simplicity and you feel that money's a baggage, please send it my way because I, I love to have the choice of voluntary simplicity. That would be a sweet moment. Having said that, Let's move on to the next one. We're going to zip open the digital mailbag and get our nuclear-resistant tongs out and pull out a piece because they're sizzling hot. What's in the mailbag today? In the mail today, we got uh, Dan with a question. What does Dan ask? Dan asks this. He basically says how he tends to be very... He spends a lot of time and energy uh, sort of solving other people's problems. He solves a lot of time and energy kind of uh, putting his um, efforts out there for others, which is sweet and nice, and that's not a bad thing. On another hand, he feels that there's an element there that is like seeking external rewards, you know, being a nice guy to have somebody recognize it, to, appreci- to have somebody appreciate it, which again, nothing wrong. You know, I appreciate There's no such thing as complete 100% altruism. It's something about it, you know, makes you feel good. That's why you're doing it to begin with. It better be because no good deed goes unpunished. But the thing that's, the thing that he brings up is, you know, it's it's sort of the energy vampire question a la Duncan Trussell, you know, it's like how much does your generosity with time and energy can turn into something that other people can just leech away and just start, uh, you know, vampire style, just sucking away everything they are putting there on the table as if it was there was this infinite resource there that's just there for you to exploit. You get the feeling he might be being a little too nice. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, how do you stay nice while at the same time protecting yourself from emotional vampires? You know, you know, you want to have empathy, you want to have, but what about, and I think my thing on that is, the. Um, it really depends on uh, how you're feeling. There is no one answer that regardless of where you're at or who you are, it depends on where how you're feeling in life. Because to me, it's like the times when it's easiest to give, is when it doesn't have to be money, but energy-wise at least, whenever there's lots of energy, wherever there's a super abundance of energy, feel like 
is almost the person giving is thankful because it's like I have all this stuff inside of me and I, I'm glad to share it. I'm glad to throw it out there. I'm glad you're there to receive it. It makes me happy to see that, you know. When you're not coming from the point of superabundance of energy, happiness, resources, and you're taking away energy that you need, where it hurts that you just put this out there, because at that point, you know, if you're doing it in that situation, then you need it to be reciprocated. Because if you put something out there and it doesn't return in some other form, then you feel cheated. Then you feel like you just took away something you needed and it's not here anymore and nobody gave you back anything. That's when you know, it doesn't matter whether the other people are being emotional vampires or not. It doesn't matter whether it's because the fact is you're not getting what you need and uh, so you're depleting yourself by being a giving person. That does not work. And, you know, it can be done with the best intention. You can do it with sweet motives. It still doesn't work because, you know, so to me, it's like the act of giving need to come from somebody. Again, you may be in an unlucky situation. You can be in. It's not about external circumstances. It's how you feel. If you feel this overabundance of energy that giving doesn't cost you anything, then it will be truly free. It will be a real giving that you're not worrying about. Hey, nothing is returning. What the fuck? When you get to the place where you are counting down and like, hey, why has nothing come back my way? That's when it becomes problematic. So that's my thing on it. I've I've done it both ways. Yeah, I've done the give because I want to be nice and then I'm pissed off because I'm depleted and I feel that my energy is down and there's no one else giving me freebies there. This is the way it is. And um, sometimes it's just sort of the moment, you know? Yeah. That guy, I don't want to give him any money. And that guy... Yeah. I can't, you know, I don't always have $5 to give somebody. And sometimes, of course. and then sometimes it's just like, just the feeling, that motherfucker, he doesn't, he doesn't deserve it. I yeah. don't know who I am to judge. It sounds really judgmental and crazy, but there's some folks that generally look like they could use a hand up that maybe they're nice folks with a bad moment. Those are the people you want to help. If you're just some fucking mooch, yep. I don't want to help you. Right. And, and that guy with the, you know, the sign that he's been carrying around for six years and just, obviously going to go in and drink this i you know i i think we've said it before we try to be as kind as we can but there are moments where that guy's just gonna have to do without yep absolutely i've seen young people have trouble with that they struggle they think well i've got to help and that means i got to help everybody at every moment of every day yeah. and it's just impossible no, you absolutely. can't you got to have something left for yourself to help first more and foremost down the road yeah because otherwise if you don't have it for you you're not going to help anybody else that just how it is. And or you're going to put you in a terrible mood, and exactly. then you're just going to be, like you said, well, where's mine? I'll yep. put mine out there. And yep. it's like, yep. Uh, yep. the universe isn't quite that quick with the refund. That's the game, how it works, indeed. That was beautiful and poetic. I try to get it right on once in a while. Is cool. anybody else there in the mailbag for us? No, that's it. Can't even go on from that. Crazy, trippy dreams from hippie rock and roll people. I mean, boobs. More boobs. That's what it's all about. Moses strikes again. Speaking of boobs, oh. my, my own glorious manly muscles, which is about on a regular basis. She goes like, you don't have manly muscle. You got boobs. I deeply resent such a thing because my 
harsh manly nature was transpiring thanks to a gift of a former drunken Taoist guest Nick Gregoriades and um, from Jiu-Jitsu Brotherhood sent me this beautiful rash guard that they make and sell on their website I'm gonna plug it because it's so cool if any of you guys ever ever grapple or into martial arts or do anything like that go check it out I'll put a link in the episode notes it's so damn cool it's the artist did an amazing job there's this design of this uh, ronin with two swords facing this humongous snake straight out of a conan movie pretty much and then the writing on it says something um, along the lines. i forget the exact quote but it's something along the lines of everything you want is on the other side of fear and you got this whole kind of japanese type of art into it and oh man i love that rush guard so much and the fact that it uh tightly hug my manly muscles only make it even cooler Ooh. so yes thank you thank you thank you to jiu-jitsu brotherhood for such a gift um other thank yous to daisy house for the music as usual um if you guys wanna check out our affiliate sponsor coracao chocolate and audible um you guys know the drill there are code discount codes in the episode notes so if you are in the market for chocolate or you need more listening stuff and you dig audiobooks and you want to try one a month your first is a freebie if you decide you don't like it you just download the first book you try it out you don't pay a dime if you you know cancel your account before the month is up and you get to keep the book not a bad gig if you actually do like it hey then you pay i think it's 15 dollars a month from there forward and you get a new one every month not a bad concept right there that was lecture series one-time payment less than 10 bucks uh seven hours plus worth of lectures divided in 16 different chapters about Taoism. i had a blast creating it so far i've got nothing but good feedback so i'm taking it that most people are enjoying it uh, if you want to check it out i'll put a link in the episode notes our own t-shirts we have the whole range of the three t-shirts we have produced so far um again if you're interested would like to check them out there they are and kiva.org always you know your generosity has been awesome and donations to kiva keep growing uh, again there are always links in the episode notes to all of these things if you want to add more Anything else that we need to touch on? Just that uh, this is the end of the uh, the summer string out, so we'll be back with like a super fresh episode next week or next time, and uh, have a great, safe journey back home while the rest of us enjoy the uh, sunny California weather. I'm sure it'll be sunny in 82 most days down there by the water. Yeah, well, Italy right now, I'm praying in 12 different languages because apparently my father's reports tell me that it's insanely hot, that it's like you sweat while you sleep because, of course, nobody's heard of her conditioning out there and it's brutally hot, so I hope it decreases a little bit, but I look forward to thunderstorms and gelato in massive amounts. Do we have uh, lightning bugs in Italy? Lightning bugs as in the the fireflies? fireflies, Yeah, Yeah, they're awesome. They're, some of my favorites. Yeah, we don't have them out here too dry, but uh, yeah. we had them in Tennessee, and that's definitely something I miss. Yeah, fireflies are great. A little Love reminder them. that the universe is awesome. Indeed. Anyway, well, it's been great. We're almost done with the, the third year of this and uh, looking forward to another one. So um, we'll get fresh stuff recorded out probably as we get into early August, and that's it for a little while. And you won't even notice it. Enjoy the summer, or in this case, it may be already done for you guys. I hope you had a good one. And 
and uh, let's keep playing. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as soon as they come out. You can keep track of Daniel at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at richimon1. That's R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N, the numeral one. See y'all soon. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenze di Dio. Dan can show you the way, eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great, it's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and. Uh, uh, your accent, it just. Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell Can you about translate it? for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> what do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work!